Hello and welcome to this podcast from Pure Sports Medicine. We're a team of expert clinicians based in seven locations across London and we're passionate about getting you active, helping you get better after injury and hopefully preventing further problems. My name's Sam Wild. I'm a physiotherapist and deputy clinical director for Pure Sports Medicine. And in this podcast, we're going to be giving you the kind of advice and tips that we often give to our patients. In our first few episodes, we've been concentrating on running. We initially looked at what beginners need to do to get started. And then we talked about some common running injuries. But in this episode, we're talking about how a more experienced runner can prepare for a big race, maybe an event they've got coming up, or to be more exact, when to start tapering, what you should do in those last few weeks and days if you want to run at your best. I've been speaking to Andy Page and Alex Quinn. Andy's a strength and conditioning coach who's worked in elite sport, and Alex is one of our physio team and a keen runner, and his is the first voice you'll hear. So my thoughts would be, the longer the event, the slightly further out you'll be, but for most events, if you're looking to run a new personal best, you probably want to be hitting a training block three to four months out. And that training block will initially have a good amount of running to be building up your volume and continue to build up your aerobic fitness and your lactate threshold and and those things were very specific to running. But also I really think it's important in that early stage to have a a larger focus on on your strength and conditioning, things that are going to help you maintain your, your strength and your form and your technique for longer into the run. There's lots of research that shows strength training helps runners get faster, more efficient and maintain form for longer into their events. So this would be uh, Andy's specialist area to expand upon. And Alex is right. Um, from a starting point, when mileage is relatively low in the first three, four months out from the event, it's a key time to be focusing on strength of your lower body, control of the muscles around the hip, um, strength through your core, and knowing that the recovery from these training sessions is not going to significantly hamper you're running around it because volumes and and intensity is relatively low. Um, We talked about running form and staying strong throughout the race. It's also a way to improve efficiency when you run because every step you take requires a percentage of your strength. The stronger you are, you're going to use a lower percentage every single step. So it's definitely something we encourage all runners to implement into their training programs. What about closer to the time? We're talking six or eight weeks left to go. What should they be thinking to plan in advance at this stage, Andy? So from a strength and conditioning perspective directly, this is when we usually incorporate either plyometrics or general power training. You need forms of training that aren't incredibly taxing on the legs in the gym, but that possible now because you built up a base of strength and your running volumes have increased to the point where you can tolerate power training and gentle plyometric training. At the end of the day, these things also have a massive impact on the efficiency of running as running is a plyometric activity in itself. So if you can't do it competently in the gym or in your home, you're unlikely to be doing it very competently when you're pounding the road for 30K. I guess something good to mention at this stage is if a runner is suffering with a, a pain that is stopping them being able to run, stopping them getting the mileage that they, that they need on their plan, that they shouldn't panic. This isn't, this isn't all their good work gone out the window. It might mean they have to invest in some time off, some rest, whilst they get treatment. But it's not the end of the road. They may well still make the start line. I think that's really important to say that at this stage. Sometime, actually, they, they've done the mileage. They've got the running in their legs. It hasn't just disappeared. Alex, have you got anything to add at this stage of six to eight weeks away from race day? I think at this stage, from a running perspective, your, your training should have more higher intensity efforts. Um, so that may well be... Um, 
interval work where you're really focusing on speed and, and economy. So depending on the distance, you might be doing 200s or 400s at the track, um, which can be really useful for building your, if you're faster over a shorter distance, you'll be more efficient over longer distances. Um, to your more longer threshold type runs, which are where you're pushing yourself at or close to your target race pace so that you're getting your body used to spending times at, at, at these speeds so that come race day you've, you've prepared as, as well as you possibly can. Just picking up what Alex said, I think in this key period, say two months out, it's about selecting the runs that are giving the most effect. There's, we have a big problem with a lot of people that I've seen where a lot of runs aren't serving any purpose. If they're not long enough uh, to be working on your efficiency and working on your uh, close to race pace, or if they're not hard enough that you're actually out of breath, and they're probably just adding to your injury risk. And so it's a good thing to select runs that are doing the most amount for your race rather than just running for the sake of running. So we've got race day under a month away and needless to say, most runners are thinking, okay, at some point I need to stop running before this race and freshen up and be ready for the day. Now there's quite a few myths around tapering, there's quite a few myths about nutrition, about what we should and shouldn't be eating. But Alex, from a physio point of view, what, what advice do you give to runners in that last month, what they should be thinking about and when should they stop in preparation for the race? If it's a longer event, more a half marathon or a marathon distance, your taper will be slightly longer than it would be for a 5k or 10k race. The key thing for me with a taper is that you, you drop volume, not intensity. You may drop your volume three weeks out, 20%. You may drop it another 20%, two weeks out. Um, but the intensity of your runs will remain high. So you'll still do some running at race pace. You'll still do some, some high intensity work. You might do it a little bit less frequently, or you might spend a bit more time in the gym focusing on other recovery strategies or a little bit more time with the soft tissue therapist to really help you feel as fresh as you possibly can into those final few days and on that race day, basically. I'm sure we'd all agree that one of the key features of this tapering period as well is to stay mentally strong confident in the training you've done that you're not going to suddenly lose fitness leading up to race day but actually if you have a couple of weeks off or a week off or whatever you decide the tapering period needs to be that you're not going to suddenly be left with a body that can't run that doesn't know how to complete a race on race day so we've got to do whatever feels right for us. If a little run feels good, do it. If a little cycle ride feels good, do it. You're probably not going to cause too much harm or, or um, lose anything. But equally, sometimes doing less is better. So moving into the last few days as the race approaches, something that patients will often say to me is they want some advice around what they should eat, what they should take with them to, to eat on, on route, what they should drink. Andy, what do you say? What's your advice about the breakfast you can have before you're running? I think it's important to look at what you've practiced. If you're someone who has a good strategy around eating carbohydrates in preparation for long runs and having large healthy meals after they've done long runs to recover, then continuing this is the most important thing in the last week. You, you probably want a minimum of two days, ideally three days of high carbohydrate meals going in to your event, but you should be mirroring this when you do big longer runs in the lead up. On race day, we've talked about a fantastic breakfast. May it's put the most important is the breakfast that you would normally have. There's nothing worse than showing up on the start line because someone's told you to have X and Y meal and then your stomach going after an hour in and you're not being able to finish. Um, we talk about carbohydrates during a race, which are important. The maximum you can probably absorb is about 60 grams an hour. That's three gels an hour. And I don't know anyone who could take 
three gels an hour and not get a stomach ache. So practicing that process of maybe having one an hour or one every 45 minutes is gonna be the most important thing. Uh, lastly, I think it's key to say that every gram of carbohydrate you need needs three grams of water to be able to be stored by your body. So having big carby meals in the three days before needs to be um, supplemented with adequate hydration as well. Otherwise you're just as likely to turn up at the start line dehydrated, which could be the difference between a PB and not finishing at all. And what about those heavy legs, Alex? Something else that lots of people will uh, will admit to suffering on the start line, heavy legs that don't feel like they've trained at all and they feel sluggish. What, what do we do about it? Apart from saying don't panic, but what? why is it? Is there any, any advice we can give people that reassures them? So I think we experienced that feeling for a number of reasons. Um, one is that we've gone from a weekly volume of training of maybe six to eight hours of, of work in total. And then we've had a couple of weeks of not really doing very much at all. So there's a change in circulation, a change in hormones, um, a change in physiological processes that may make you your, your brain perceive everything a little bit differently in the body. Um, I think on the day, there's a definite nerves factor. Nerves can be positive and negative. They can make us... Um, feel and experience things that are perhaps a little bit different to the norm. Um, I think reassure yourself that you've done the work. I find it quite useful with my runners to get them to kind of look back over their training program in the week on run up to the race and kind of use it as a mental boost so that you've done the work, it's all there documented, which it is these days with Strava or any other of these running recording um, apps. And that will give you that confidence that I've put this work in, I'm ready to go. And then really do a decent warm-up as well. doesn't mean standing there doing a load of static stretching, but something dynamic, something that gets your heart rate going, your cardiovascular system going, your nervous system going. Do that in the 15 minutes up to maybe five minutes before the start gun goes. Um, and you should be ready to go, really. And I massively agree with Alex that um, the 15 minutes of a warm-up, you might have to do a three-hour race. It's not going to use up much energy and will give you a good opportunity to start. And you have to remember now these days we have running watches and we have trackers on our phone while we're running. Most people might feel like they have heavy legs. Look down at your watch. I, nine times out of 10, you're probably running the pace you thought you would be running when you were training. It just might not feel like it on the day. That was Andy Page speaking there. Don't forget there are a couple of other podcasts we've made about running. One covering running injuries and the other for those that are just getting started in running. And although you're probably not a beginner yourself, you might know someone that is and they'll benefit from listening to it. If you want to know more about us, please do visit our website, puresportsmedicine.com. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast so you get all the episodes as soon as they're released. And remember to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you use. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.